Welcome to Engage, a series for women in agribusiness. This update is made possible by the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association, Corteva AgriScience, the Agriculture Division of Dow DuPont, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Now, here's our host, Kara Hart. Today on Engage, we're visiting with Betsy Jensen, who farms in Stephen, Minnesota, or near Stephen, Minnesota, and also teaches farm business management at Northland uh, Community and Technical College. Thanks for joining, Betsy. Let's talk about your career in farm business management. You are known to many as a marketing guru, especially here at the Red River Farm Network, because we call you to talk markets quite a bit. (laughs) Right, and I started off my career, actually, as a commodity broker, Um, and it was a little frustrating, actually, because you would call farmers and they wouldn't understand what you were telling them. Like, hey, you know, Bob, we got to do a basis fixed contract. And it was very clear by the awkward silence that Bob did not know what a, you know, basis fix or futures fix. And so we actually then ended up, I decided to go into education and try to work with farmers to better understand farm management and commodity marketing. So what was that process like? That was really different. And part of it is just, I will say the farmer's willingness, willingness to learn is amazing. Most of them are, they know that they don't know. Um, and so that's, they've been really engaged and they've been open to, to learning. Um, now we're doing some online learning, doing some webinars. Um, so it's, I really enjoy it. Um, they, fortunately I still farm. And so I'm able to tell them what I am doing on my farm. I don't give advice to farmers. They can do whatever they want with their crops. I don't care. Um, but I am able to tell them what I am personally doing on my farm. And I share my mistakes, things I've, you know, wish I would have done, sold more, sold less. Uh, so I'm pretty open with them about how I'm doing on our farm. Uh, thinking back to about 10 years ago or so, did you ever envision that uh, in a teaching position is where you'd be? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Never thought I would end up as a teacher. And, you know, going to school, I was a geek on at NDSU, really commodity marketing. I loved it. Loved the commodity markets. Um, actually, my first trip to the commodity markets was in third grade. I went to the Chicago Board of Trade in third grade. Um, and so, I don't know, I guess I was just destined to be involved in commodities. Um and I am really enjoying working with farmers and just trying to help them understand what is going on. What's it like at the Board of Trade? I've never been to the Chicago location. You know, I haven't been there uh, now since they've really kind of shut down the, the trade. So I'm assuming it's a little bit more boring. I don't know. It was exciting when I was in third grade. And we went uh, maybe 2000, 2002, maybe on a USDA report day. My husband and I went down to the floor, got a, you know, got onto the floor just to experience the excitement. And it is neat. I mean, that's, those are things that you grow on your farm. Um, and so you, you think about how local things seem, and it's not local at all. It's actually very worldwide. You have something really special that was on the commodity trading floor at your home office, right? Yeah, actually, we just finished the remodeling last week. Um, The table is home, my Minneapolis Grain Exchange table. And this was something uh, my husband regretted. I think we were probably at the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, I would say 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. They had all these tables lined up. And I said, oh my gosh, if those ever go for sale, I'm going to buy one. And sure enough, they went up for sale. Um, he said, what? Uh, next thing you know, I have this giant table coming from Minneapolis. And we had to remove a wall of the office. And it was leaking anyway. It's not just because of the table. Um, and so as part of the remodeling project, we removed the wall and inserted the table because it won't fit through a doorway. So it's awesome. I mean, if anyone's ever in Stephen and um, wants to come over and see it, it, it is just cool. And it, it is very appropriate that a table from the Minneapolis Grain Exchange is in spring wheat growing country. I mean, that it just seems fitting that that table that sold so many bushels of wheat, millions of bushels of wheat were sold on that table, probably billions, I don't know, 
Um, and now it's in now it's in my office. I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. It puts a <laughs> smile to my face every time because I think it shows how passionate you really are about what you do. Yeah. So my my father in law stepped in the office yesterday. He goes, so where's this table going? I go, well, this is it. He goes right in the middle like this. I go front and center. You know, and this is where it's going. I said, there's there's um, there's drawers all the way around it, so we can't push it into the corner. Uh, I mean, I want to be able to use all these drawers, and I don't know. It, it's awesome. It's just a, it's a wonderful thing. So let's go step back a few years to when you were working in the commodity uh, trading uh, sector. What observations uh, did you make about? Um, the women working in ag marketing, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of women that focus in on that sector. No, there aren't actually. Um, it was pretty limited um, on the number of women that were, you know, brokers and analysts. And then even, um, you know, the farmers that I work with, there weren't a lot of women doing the marketing on the farm. I do see that changing. Um, I do see more women getting involved in commodity marketing and going to the marketing groups um, and so things are changing, but it's, I think I would, I would still like to see, uh, you know, more women involved in commodity marketing. Um, it sure is a, um, you have to be, I don't know, let's see what's level-headed. I don't know if that's the right word, uh, but you have to see the profits when they come. And I just, I, I think a lot of times farmers are too busy to recognize that and they're too attached or um, they just don't maybe appreciate the opportunities when they arrive. And I think maybe perhaps women and someone that's maybe a step removed from the crop, maybe the one that didn't harvest it or the one that um, hasn't, isn't spraying it all day, um, might, might do a better job of doing that. So the more women we can get involved, the better. What was one of the big challenges? I guess, how did you establish yourself as uh, a gal who really knew what she was doing? I don't know. You know, you do enough marketing meetings and you answer questions appropriately and pretty soon word starts to spread that, hey, she kind of knows what she's talking about. Um, so it isn't something that happens overnight. Um, and I don't think that there's many men that can say that though either. I mean, everyone just kind of needs to um, have a name for themselves. And I think part of what I was lucky enough to do is share my own marketing disasters, you know, my, my whoopses and uh, the things I wish I would have changed. And so I think that kind of um, personalized me to farmers a little bit more. I mean, they maybe, uh, they related to me a little bit more like, man, I know, I wish I would have sold more wheat last week too. Um, so we all are, we're all in the same boat. Um, and I think that kind of helped to to make me seem more, um, I wasn't some, some genius from Chicago come down, uh, you know, to, to tell you how to market your crops. I was someone that was in the trenches trying to market my own. So let's talk about the markets a little bit currently. Um, what, uh, what's the biggest challenge facing agriculture when it comes to the markets right now? Well, it might be unpopular, but honestly, the Trump tariffs, I mean, it's in NAFTA and all the, the, the government policy is just, I, I, I didn't, we're supposed to be looking at crop conditions and looking at, you know, weather maps. And instead we're focusing more on the trade war that we are involved in, which is very unfortunate. Um, and I'm hoping that everything will settle. I mean, I, I do think in the long run, this isn't going to hurt us. Um, in the short run though, it definitely seems to be hurting us. And we, um, I, I don't know, you know, a black swan is something you did not anticipate. Um, and for us to say we, I think one of um, Trump's strengths is that we don't anticipate what he's doing. I mean, that's proven to be one of his strengths and one of the things that's kept everyone off guard. But I would say this is probably a, a black swan that we did not anticipate that this trade war would come and then drive the price of soybeans down $2. What changes a black swan into something more consistent? You know, we just need a little bit of consistency from the market. We need some reassurance um, that China is going to be buying soybeans from us. Or um, like in the case of, of uh, corn and even spring wheat, you know, NAFTA is going to be settled. 
um, we export a lot of our commodities. And so we need some reassurances that we are still going to be competitive on the world market. What's it like to take risks in agriculture? What risks are worth the hardship and who decides that? Oof. You know, that's one thing I struggle with because um, even this year, um, I've had quite a few examples of um, farmers will take the risks as long as the banker says it's fine. And that kind of bothers me because the banker is not, not, they're not always operating in the farmer's best interest. I see things that I don't feel like farmers should be doing. And they, I often hear, well, the banker says it's okay. And bank, I mean, bankers do want you in the, in business for the long run. You know, as long as you're successful, the bank is successful. It's a win-win. Um, but I see too often farmers are relying on their lenders for making risk decisions and I don't know that that is the best place to start because your interests and the lender's interests are not always aligned. And then the issue becomes if someday the, the lender decides you're not worth the risk anymore, which has happened quite a bit this year. I had quite a few farmers that were that changed lenders because the lenders dropped the farmers. Um, now you're, um, it makes it very difficult. So I, I think farmers, you know, when it comes to making decisions about buying land or buying machinery or expanding acres, um, they, they're relying on lenders more than what I would like to see. Okay. So how do they change that? Well, I mean, they need to understand their numbers. Um, they need to, you know, work with, work with somebody like myself and farm management. Um, you know, work, they, they just don't understand their numbers as well as I would like. Um, and that maybe those are the guys that I work with though, too. Um, um, that they, they know that they don't understand their numbers and they want me to help them realize what's going to happen if I buy this quarter of land. What's this going to add to my debt structure? What's this going to do to my working capital? How am I going to be able to cash flow this? Um, and so I think financial risk to me is the biggest risk that farmers take and they should be doing a better job of understanding it. Tell us about your role at Jensen Farms Partnership. Yeah, so we farm in Stephen. Um, we actually raise mostly certified wheat seed. Most of our wheat is uh, certified seeds. We also have a seed cleaning facility. Uh, and I am the gopher. Uh, whatever Brian needs me to do, I go do. I go certify the acres for FSA. I uh, go pick up chemical. I am not much for a tractor driver, I will admit that. I mean, you could throw me into the grain cart or the road beater, you know, if, I, if needed. Um, but no, mostly I, uh, I do all the books. I do all the financial statements try to do my best to ease his burden. Things get very busy during certain times of the year. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it keeps us both busy, um, especially since I'm working full time, working full time and farming is too much, but not working and was not enough. I took a couple years off after I had child number three and I'm grateful I did that, but it did not keep me busy enough. I like to, I like to stay busy. If I'm not going, if I'm not going full speed ahead, I, I get a little bored. Um, so it was nice to go back to work, be able to work with farmers and then also, uh, keep, keep my role on our farm as well. What advice would you give to those who may want to step up and start marketing on their farm or an agribusiness? If you want to start crop marketing, there are resources for you to find out, um, how, you know, how the markets work, learn about the history. You know, why is there a, the biggest thing like price quotes that why do we use up two, four and a six, like for quarters of cents? That's ridiculous. Uh, but it goes way back. There is a rationality to it. So just understanding how to read the quote board and it is intimidating to go to the elevator. I get that. It's intimidating to walk into the door and sit in the manager's office and talk green marketing. But I guarantee you when you walk in, that manager will say, Oh, you know, thanks. Thank heavens. Jenny is here because, uh, you know, John does a horrible job of marketing. And I'm glad that Jenny is taking over. I have never heard an elevator manager say, 
how, how frustrated they were with a woman taking over the marketing. Most of them are so grateful when someone comes in, is going to try to take over some of that burden for the farmers because it is a lot. They're busy. And so just take the first step, go in and meet your elevator manager and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'd like to start taking over the crop marketing. You know, could you help me out with a, with, with a basis fix or a futures fix, or, you know, help me understand what some of these contracts are. And I guarantee they will, they will love it. They will absolutely love to see you in their office. So what else do we need to know about Betsy? I started farm management um, in 2000, so it's quite a while ago. Um, and I was the only woman farm management instructor in the state. Yeah, it was kind of tough. Um, and so a year ago, I was sitting at our statewide farm management meeting, and the gal next to me puts her arm around me, because she was the second one. And she said, Betsy, remember when it was just us? And I said, I do, I do remember that. Um, and now I'd say half of our instructors are female. Um, and so it, it's really changed. I mean, just in, you know, since in 18 years, it's completely changed from me being all by myself um, with 90 other men um, to probably being about 50-50. And so uh, women are definitely getting more involved in farm management. And on the flip side, we also want to, we also would love to work with more women on the farm as well. I still meet, when I go out to a farm to meet with farm management, I still meet most of the time with the, with the male farmer, um, not the female partner. Um, and it would be nice to, to work with more women um, and have them better understand the finances and, and maybe take a little bit more control over things. Where do you see yourself moving in the future? Where do you see your career headed? You know, I love my job. And one of the main reasons I love it is because I get to pick the farmers that I work with. <laughs> and so I get to cherry pick the greatest of the great farmers in the area and work with them. Um, and then the other issue is flexible hours, which, you know, trying to juggle the farm management and the farm and, you know, being a parent, um, it's just, it's a lot. And those flexible hours are, are priceless. Um, and so honestly, I don't see, you know, I left this job for a couple years. Um, I never thought... I would come back. I wasn't sure. And the, I just happened to run into a coworker and he said, Hey, have you thought about coming back? We're going to open up the your old position. And I thought, Oh, well I hadn't, but now I am, um, you know, daughter was going into school, you know, ch the last child and it, it really worked out well. And I, I really enjoy farm management. And if you could see the guys that I work with, um, the farms, and being a part of their success, it is incredibly rewarding. This special series is produced by the Red River Farm Network and made possible by the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association, Corteva AgriScience, the Agriculture Division of Dow DuPont, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services.